anyway, um, well, this episode is on essence and existence. Two subjects about which I know nothing. Um, uh, but little Richard dropping dead the other day. I made a long episode about that. Um, it got me thinking uh, about, well, the, when a life force dies, you know, when a force of nature dies. That's a very crazy thing. <laughs> I haven't got to the bottom of it in my own head. I am not a force of nature, you see. Um, but little Richard was, and, and when he died, a force of nature died. Uh, and just for a moment there, I told my one of my nieces this, um, just for a moment there when he did die, um, you know, I waxed lyrical, you know, and just went yak, yak, yak about little Richard and him dying and all that sort of stuff, you know, all the normal stuff. But I, I didn't mention in that episode that just for a little bit, you know, because I had been following little Richard all my life, I wasn't a fan as such. I explained that to that same niece, you know. I wasn't a fan per se, you know. He horrified me in a lot of ways. Um... He was exciting too. He amazed me more than anything else. I hardly ever listened to his music. It was, um, you know, he was trapped in 12 bar hell. You know, you wouldn't, you couldn't listen to his music too much. You know, I really liked only probably three or four of his songs, you know, that, that I could even listen to. Um, I liked Long Tall Sally, I liked Lucille, and I liked Jenny Jenny, but I didn't even like Tutti Frutti all that much, although, you know, when I do listen to it, you know, like I hadn't listened to it for years, Tutti Frutti, because it's not one of my favourites, you know, um, but I listened to it uh, because it was on the news, you know, they were saying Little Richard's dead, um, you know, and yell, you know. And um, I listened to it, and I thought, wow, yeah, like, he's so urgent. You know, little Richard was so urgent. And, um, you know, if you listen to that song, you think, that, that is someone who is so alive. You know, but now he's so dead. And I, I, I did sit and think when he died, uh, you know, did he sit there? Look, it doesn't matter whether he did or not. You know, just before he died, did he sort of lie back and say, shit. <laughs> no, that's not what I thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, bugger. <laughs> uh, no, um, except, what, what I did wonder was, do you know, when a life force, when a force of nature is about to die, does he sit there and think, I was so urgent. What, what, was, what was it all for, you know? What was all that urgency for? Everything mattered so much. 
and now I'm just dying, you know. Um, look, he probably thought, oh, I've left some urgent music, but hey, no, 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 no. You know, like, you know, like I, he was, um, he was at the head of a youth movement. He was exciting all the kids, you know, but he could go into any school on the planet today, little Richard, if he could get up out of bed just before he's died, and um, say, do any of you know me? Has, have any of you heard of me? And not one of those kids will have. Not one of them. In fact, hardly anyone in the world uh, knew who the hell he was the day before he died. Yeah, you know, I did. You know, obviously. You know, because I've been following him since I was a kid. You know, and, and I've been following him pretty intensely. I'm not a fan. You know, I'll explain that later. Uh, but, um... And I probably won't, because this episode is not about Little Richard. It's about essence and, exi- and, and existence, you know. And what, what's all that? <laughs> anyway, so what happened was, I mean, I look, he would have been sitting there at some stage thinking, yeah, I'm a goner. You know, I'm a goner. I'm a dying. I'm dying, you know. Um, and, and, and maybe he sat and he thought about, you know, all those raving, craving days when he had to, when he dragged himself up from the gutter. Because he, he was born on the wrong side of the tracks. And he was born the wrong colour. And he was born with all sorts of um, disadvantages, too numerous to go into, you know. And he, and he went through all those hard things, you know. And I'm talking, you know, growing up in the deep south as a black guy who was a bit disabled and all that sort of stuff, you know. And, you know, his father was shot by his friend, shot dead when he was sort of young. And his father had been beating him up anyway, you know, for being a big, well, for being a, a, a raving fag, basically, you know, to use his father's, you know, like he used to say, my father, uh, you know, wanted a boy, you know. I forget how many brothers he had. Did he have seven there were seven boys in his family or something he said his father thought he had seven boys and he didn't really count on having six boys and one well girl you know um so there was all that but he was probably thinking wow you know like i i was like a comet i was like a quasar you know that's what he used to call himself i'm the quasar of rock and roll i i i was like a blistering meteor, you know, like um, a shooting star that went all the way to the top. I was a blaze of glory. Um, and I I fought and I fought my whole life for recognition and, you know, who I was and, um, and even when I was washed up, you know, I was washed up by the time I was about 28. Washed up, finished. You know, and I spent the rest of my life fighting Hey, everybody, I'm still around. I still want to be relevant. I still want to make music, you know. All that urgency. Um, and he did. All the way. I think he, he kept fighting. Look, there was a, there was a uh, video I saw on YouTube. And I think he was about 78. And you can Google it. He was wheeled out, you know like um because he was old by now you know he would have been in his i think he was 78 you know um you'd have to google little richard jerry lee lewis you know john fogarty grammys 
Grammy Awards. And you know, they said, and now some originals from the old days of rock and roll. Now, that's the last clip I ever saw of little Richard, where he was still fighting to be um, urgent, relevant, vibrant. He still had the fire in his eyes at 78. And you know, I watched that clip and I couldn't believe it. Jerry Lee Lewis was already washed up. Yeah, because they rolled out the two oldies, Jerry Lee Lewis and Little Richard, and they rolled them out um, on stage. You know, <laughs> let's let's watch some of the golden oldies. You know, and um, and you know, Jerry Lee Lewis, he he did what he was supposed to do. You know, um, you know, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. You know, and and then Little Richard had to do his song. And he wanted to create a riot. He wasn't going to be some old guy, just be wheeled out, you know. He, he, he played his piano as urgently as he did when he was 20 or 18, you know. And, um, and then he ripped into Good Golly Miss Molly, which was one of his big signature songs. He made Jerry Lee Lewis look old. Um, and I found that very interesting. It's the last time I noticed or saw Little Richard being exactly the way he was when he was 20. You know? And this was him when he was 78. You know? Every clip after that, I think that was it. You know, that was his last hurrah as such. Um, but his eyes were ablaze in that clip. He's 78, he's got his hair up high, and he is ripping into it, um, staring at the audience and screaming, good golly, Miss Molly, this is his last, this is this was his last moment, really. All right, now, now, I was thinking, you know, 78, 88, look, he died at, oh, it was quite a, quite a while after, really, isn't it? 78, 88, he died at 90, no, oh, no, not that, no, it was only 10 years later. 78, 87, only nine years later, and he and he's dead, you know, he, and he's gone out with a whimper, not a bang, you know, a little bit like the Roman Empire, you know, like the Roman Empire, what was all that for, you know, it's the same sort of thing, that's a, you know, the Roman Empire is an entity, and it just mattered so much, um, it was everything. You know, it was in its time, the Roman Empire. Thousands and thousands of men in the legions would fight for Rome. They weren't fighting for a god even. They were fighting for an idea that was Rome, you know. And um, and Rome was almost like a, um, you know, was a force of nature in and of itself, you know. And then when Rome did die, Rome in the West, Look, it didn't die in any big way. Do you know nobody even noticed? It went with a whimper, not a bang, did the Roman Empire, and so did Little Richard. And I think this is fascinating, you know? It's fascinating to me because, you know, when I go, it's not going to be a big deal. Nothing's going to be lost, really, you know, because I haven't actually had it. You know, I'm not making a splash, you know what I mean? I'm just um, sitting here just watching other people making a splash in the world, you know, but 
I'm not a force of nature myself, but I'm fascinated by people who are. And I, I think a lot of people all these years have been assuming that, um, you know, I've somehow identified with um, someone like Little Richard or any of the other people that have amazed me in my life. Um, another force of nature that I got interested in very recently, um, you know, via my goddaughter, who's essentially another niece, um, was uh, the Emperor Tedros of Ethiopia in the 1800s. And he was a force of nature too. Now, it doesn't mean I love him or want to be like him. You know, I thought he was horrendous once I found out all the things. You know, he, was, he was mad King Theodore in the end. He went mad. And I mean, you know, like um, Hitler-style, um, violent, mad. You know, that sort of mad. Not necessarily insane. Um, but he lost all sense of uh, moderation. And, you know, he would slaughter people around him. All that stuff, you know, all the usual stuff, you know. Um, he got too bloody in the end. Um, but he was a great, great general. Do you know what? If... Um, if Ethiopia had been Rome, you know, we'd be talking about Tedros like we talk about Julius Caesar. You know, um, now, Tedros had no opportunity, look, to do a Caesar. Look, he sort of did in his own way. Um, in his area, look, there was chaos in Ethiopia when Tedros came along. You know, it was called the Age of Princes, and it was nowhere near as pretty as it sounds. It was no you know, fairy tale. <laughs> it was disaster. It was just warlords marching left, right, crisscrossing Ethiopia, you know, trying to slaughter each other most of the time. And it's really hard to tell who was the emperor and who wasn't. It was just warlords and, you know, maybe that warlord was the emperor. I, I, I've never even be able, been able to work out who was the legitimate emperor during that time you know you go onto wikipedia and you say the empress of ethiopia and you just read down the list and it looks like a a long and noble succession of um you know one after the other you know of emperors sitting on a throne um with a lion on either side you know all solemn and and great and all that sort of stuff you know from solomon right through to Haile selassie you know but before tedros came along it was just and was utter chaos there's no such, you know, it wasn't like Buckingham Palace or something, you know. It's just warlords crisscrossing everywhere. Oh, you know, I'm the emperor. Oh, yeah, smack, you know. You get a, 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 you get a sword through the gut. Now you're not. I am. Yeah, you reckon? Ah, hack. Off with his head, you know, and it was like that. Uh, but Tedros pulled all that together and unified it all. And he's often called the father of modern Ethiopia. And um, then he got his too, you know, courtesy of the English. Um, he had it coming, you know. He, he, he chatted. <laughs> this is why I think he's a force of nature too, like little Richard. Um, he, um, he basically cracked it <laughs> at Queen Victoria. I'll have you. <laughs> He took on Queen Victoria, you know, and this was Queen Victoria at the, who, you know, as I said, look, I'm, you know, I think um, Tedros was a greater general than Queen Victoria, for sure. He's a lot taller. Did you know she was short? <laughs> anyway, the point is, she had infinite resources at her disposal. Um, she could raise armies, you know, just endless, 
she had endless money, all that stuff, and Tedros just had to go, you know, he just had to fight as a force of nature. <laughs> it was like little Richard, you know, had to um, contend with, um, uh, you know, like Tedros contending with England. <laughs> yeah, um, it was a little bit like um, little Richard having to contend with the fact that um, people who used to be his supporting bands, like the Beatles and Rolling Stones, and you know, people who um, thought that Little Richard was a hero, all of them became bigger by far. You know, and Little Richard was left on the shelf, and um, you know, he, and he, he, uh, he was, I'm the life force. You know, and all of them knew it too. The Beatles, the Rolling Stones, you know, David Bowie, Bob Dylan, you know, the list is long. You know, ACDC, you know, the boys, all these people um, wanted to be like Little Richard, but all of them, um, all of them took off, you know, especially the English ones, you know, all the English rock and rollers, um, they went into the stratosphere and, um, and, and Little Richard was, um, was relegated as a sad, sort of half-sad satire of himself, a parody of himself sort of thing. Uh, good for a laugh, and he had to laugh along. It was very, um, it's kind of tragic in a way, and he lived his whole life like that, really. You know, every now and again asserting himself, hey, I'm a, I'm a serious musician. Yeah, yeah, no, no, we'll just, you know, we'll, we'll wheel you out occasionally like a golden oldie, so you can do cute little, you know, this is the way rock and roll was when it started, but we don't care about anything new you're going to sing, you know. Anyway, so look, but the long and short of it, whether it's, you know, Rome or, you know, the Emperor Tedros of Ethiopia or um, Little Richard, you know, eventually they snuff out. Eventually they snuff out. And there would have, there'd be lots of people like those guys who we don't even remember, you know, because they got snuffed out and history did not record them. But the point is, what was it all for? What was all that urgency for? Um, look, obviously it led to something, you know. In in um, Tedros's case, you know, like when he died, you know, he was the last man standing essentially in a high mountaintop um, compound and the English were swarming over the walls. He was finished and, you know, oh, what a great way to die, you know. He didn't go out with a whimper rather than a bang. He went out with a bang and the bang went like this. And I thought it was brilliant. He had a pistol the Queen Victoria herself had given him in better times and he raised that pistol to his own head and blew his own brains out. Well, not quite. I think he was still alive. But he, you know, pistols weren't as efficient then. You know? Um, yeah, we're talking late 1800s, you know, so they're much more musket in in nature. But anyway, it, it was a fatal wound he gave himself. He shot himself in the head. So he went out with a bang, not a whimper, you know? But the point is, you know, as he sat behind, as he stood behind the haystack, you know, and... You know, you're never going to take me alive was, was clearly what was on his mind you know as he you know, and, and the fact that he um, and the fact that he it was a, a pistol that Queen Victoria gave him it, it was full of symbolism all of this you know just before he shot himself was he thinking far out I just raged against the machine all my life you know 
I was so urgent. I commanded armies, you know, and um, and, and it's come to this, and um, and now I'm going to snuff. I'm I'm going to be snuffed out. Now, as it turns out, his legacy continued on, uh, but not every not everyone's legacy continues on. Most of us will, you know, as soon as people stop talking about you after you have died, um, you've never existed. You know, it's as if you have never existed, you know, unless you happen to be recorded in the history books, which for most of us, that won't happen. You know? And it won't happen for me either, because even if, let's say this podcast continues on, I've, give, I've put it up there under a false name, no one will know who I am anyway. You know, because I, I, it's part of my zen, you know, uh, it'll damage these podcasts I make if I identify myself. I want to be anonymous, you know, I want to be nothing, you know, it's the only way to make a podcast like this. Anyway, what got me going is, um, and I'm just driving along by the way, if you're wondering why I'm chatting all this way, uh, but, um, you know, it, it relaxes me chatting while I'm driving along. Um, what gets me is these people who are a force of nature. Now, what they have is an intense, I think they have an intense essence. You know, they're born with an essence. You know, like um, a, a need to be king. A need to be king. You know, like Muhammad Ali. You know, he, he just couldn't, he couldn't slot himself in and just be what he was expected to be in life. He had to be king, you know, in the boxing world. Little Richard was exactly like Muhammad Ali. In fact, they were both friends, and they, uh, there's so many similarities, it's unbelievable. But, rock, but Little Richard did it in the rock and roll way, you know. Little Richard sang uh, for Muhammad Ali at Muhammad Ali's um, uh, 50th birthday. It's worth watching, uh, you know. Nobody but Little Richard. Uh, would get away with saying happy birthday baby I love you honey <laughs> which is what he said he was as uh, gay as a row he was camp as a row of tents was little Richard but that doesn't matter now um, you know but um, another one that went out with a whimper rather than a bang of life force was Hannibal um, you know, he amazed me too Hannibal you know who used to fight the Romans about 140 BC, um, yeah, and he ended up just sort of, uh, he ended up um, just a, a, um, a, a, an advisor in an Ottoman, not an Ottoman, you know, but in one, uh, a court over, over there where the Ottomans would end up being, there were no Ottomans back then, um, you know, Persia, Persia, he ended up in Persia, you know, um, now, um, yeah, it's Iran, um, so to speak, but anyway, you know, he had all that urgency, and he ended up just, uh, you know, working for someone else, which is amazing in a way. Um, but he had a force to uh, a life force. Look, I could tell you his story too. Hannibal, he was incredible, greatest, one of the greatest generals in history. You know, just roaming at will inside Rome, Roman territory, as an enemy of Rome, and uh, they, he was such a great general they couldn't stop him. He wiped out Roman armies. It was unbelievable. You know, this is just before Carthage got utterly destroyed by the Romans. But before that, Hannibal, they didn't know how to control him. You know, he used to, um, 
he used to uh, he used to attack the Romans at breakfast and disturb their porridge. That's a whole uh, in the Romans, you know, they loved their porridge. They figured the uh, the Roman legions, if they figured they could have porridge in the morning, they figured they could fight all day. So Hannibal used to attack them while they were making porridge in the morning. <laughs> uh, don't worry. Anyway, look, the whole idea of this episode, which I'll wrap up now, because is that um all these forces of nature i think they have a powerful essence some people are born with more than others you know muhammad ali certainly had more drive to be the king you know than i did you know he shouldn't have been able to achieve what he achieved muhammad ali yeah and other people are like that you know um and little rich is one of them yeah hannibal he could have just retired on a farm he was pretty rich his dad was a general yeah, but his dad was angry at the Romans and he he asked Hannibal he said to Hannibal avenge me you know and Hannibal was only 11 and his father said whatever you do I want you to just you know to destroy Romans and Hannibal spent his uh, whole life doing that boy did he do a good job did you proud dad <laughs> um, but these are life forces you know and and I wonder um, when they're snuffed out, what was all that urgency for? Well, subject, look, it keeps the whole of the the human, you know, the whole of the human species is pushing forward and it's these urgent people that are pushing us forward the furthest. So I suppose they're doing something for the race, the human race as a whole, you know. But on an individual level, when one of these forces of nature dies... You know, it's that force of nature. Where does it go? You know, where did that urgency come from, and where has it gone? It's actually, it's 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 died. You know, the urgency. Well, in Little Richard's case, it's kind of uh, disappeared slowly. Muhammad Ali, you know, he kind of cooled down. He's like a um, a volcano that's cooled down. He was a volcano. Muhammad Ali, you know, he got. Um, he got, um, what is it? You know, where you get the jitters. You know, you probably know what it is. Uh, Parkinson's, you know. He got all that. You know, so he was a shadow of his former self. Yeah, you know, Hannibal died away. You know, Rome died away. Look, there are plenty of people who actually go out in a blaze of glory whilst they're being a life force. And we can almost cope with that a little bit better. You know, glorious, you know, and charging. You know, even Napoleon, he faded away. You know, they slowly poisoned him or whatever. Look, some of the big ones are, you know, the ones that die in glory, you know, charging into battle. To a certain extent, Tedros died like that, you know. Um, there was another emperor in Ethiopia, Johannes, and he died on the battlefield. You know, that's a way to die, charging at the head of the field. You know, in some senses, Napoleon should have gone like that. He used to charge from the head of the, you know, charge out in front. Oh! The, the greatest example of all the 300 Spartans. Man, did they die in a blaze of glory. You know, taking on however many Persians, you know, thousands of Persians and 300 Spartans, plus their entourage, you know, their slaves and everything. But the point is, the per, you know, these 300 Spartans, Sparta was a life force. But these life forces, they have an essence. And even Rome itself, even though it's not a human, had an essence, you know. But then it has more than an essence. You know, it makes something of itself beyond that essence. In fact, that essence, and, and, and some people call that 
our existence, you know, like they say, you're born with an essence. It's very hard for me to, you know, I, I, I don't think humans can be, and even animals can be put into these neat little boxes, but it's all a mixture, you know, you've, you've got an essence, what you're born with, you know, and um, like if, you know, you can be born a barbarian, by the way. You know, some people say, you know, I think it was it Aristotle who said, oh, you're born with it as a blank slate and then it's what you, what we make of babies afterwards. But pretty clearly you can tell in the schoolyard, some kids have just been born barbarians. You know, there are some kids that are just bastards, but just born bastards. You know, there's some psychopaths too, you know, with chemical problems in their heads, you know. And there are kids that are just born with a life force, you know. And it's like a blaze of glory, and um, it's so urgent, and then it dies, you know. Um, and when it dies, where does it go, you know? And it, it kind of just disappears for some people, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, my dad, when he died, um, his wife, um, who's, well, obviously my stepmother, um, I've got a mother as well, you know, but I like my stepmother too. And, uh, you yeah, know, don't believe everything you hear in. Um, the fairy tales, you know, like Cinderella, you know, some, you know, the stepmother isn't always horrible, sometimes she's lovely, you know, um, uh, stepmothers get a very bad, get very bad press in Disney and all that sort of stuff, you know, uh, who, who knows, maybe the stepsisters were lovely and Cinderella was a little bitch, you ever think of that? Maybe Cinderella wrote the story of Cinderella, did you ever think of that? <laughs> Quite possibly, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, having said that, you know, when my dad died, uh, it was a little bit like that. He was, you know, for me, he was a life force anyway. Look, he was. He was fascinating. He was a fascinating person. And um, but he had so much in his head. You know, he knew every nut and bolt and spring and wing in a 727 aircraft, for example, and a whole lot of other aeroplanes too. He was. Um, he was an engineer on aeroplanes, for what it's worth, you know. A grand engineer and then a flight engineer, you know. And he used to draw by hand all the little bits and pieces in an aeroplane and the, the internal workings of an aeroplane in order to better understand it. He was a very good drawer, by the way. Um, um, my stepmother, when uh, my father died, you know, um, yeah, she looked after, you know, like she, she was the one for him in the end. Sorry, Mum, if you're hearing this, but, you know, what well, doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, um, but in the end, she was, you know. Um, but um, he, uh, when he died, like, he knew about the Mustang aeroplane. And he knew a lot about all these other things. You know, I remember all the aeroplanes when we were young um, that he used to tell me about. The Catalina flying boat and all this sort of stuff, you know. And, um, and cars, he knew all about cars and he used to do up MGAs all the time. Anyway, he died. And my stepmother said, the instant he died, he took so much knowledge with him. It's like it all just disappeared. It was in the world, and now it's not in the world. She said that, and I thought that was really interesting. Now, um, what happens is, we, we, you know, we are all a life force before we die, and so, but some people matter more to themselves, especially, and to others. You know, there are some people whose own existence and own essence is such a big thing. 
You know, to me, my essence and existence isn't that a big, isn't that big a thing. If I died tomorrow, like you know, and and you'd have to listen to all my two hundred and nine episodes in my previous podcast. That's a lot of talking at an hour each. Um, it's not a big deal for me, you know. If I die, you know what I mean. Like I'll just drift off. That's fine. Um, the only thing that would upset me is that it'd upset others. You know, my children, you know, my family, my wife, and all that sort of stuff. You know, so you know. I want to stay alive because they still need me, but when they don't need me so much, it's going, yeah, it's getting less and less of a problem as they get older. Look, one of them's still eight, one of my children, so it's much too early yet. I've got to stay alive for a fair while yet. But when I do go, it's not going to be a big deal as long as they're I got chopped off at the critical moment just to help this up. By an incoming phone call, that happens with me. It happens when you speak a podcast straight into your phone, and someone rings you. It gets chopped off. All right, now look. You know where. You know what I was building up to, and I'll probably just um, use that uh, chop off as an opportunity to wind it up. Uh, this episode on essence and existence. You know, but there. Yeah, you know, it's almost like um, I don't know if you're a listener. I don't know if I've got a listener. I don't care. You know, I'm dead already. <laughs> oh dear. You know, I can't die too quick because I need to see a few more grand finals, you know, from Essendon. Uh, but, you know, the, look, all that aside, um, you know, I, like yourself, you listening, you know, or just a badger dog, I've got a listener for a second. Um, yeah, is there something urgent about you, you know? You know, when you're, um, yeah, do you think about who you really are, your essence, your spirituality, all that sort of stuff, whatever you were born with? You know, does it feel so vital that you feel it must be, it must have come from somewhere? You know, and when I die, it must go somewhere. You know, it must go back into the what, the Brahman or the, you know, it must go back into the ether, you know, the ether, into the universe. You know, I'm so vital, you know, in my own, I feel it, I am so vital, I matter so much, I really do, you know, to me, to myself, I feel, I just matter so much, I'm just urgent, I'm urgent, you know, and if you're like that, you're a bit like Little Richard, and I think that's a great thing, you know, um, and, um, you know, and is it, is it almost, does it almost hurt how much, um, you know, when you when you're grappling with your essence chopped off again uh, i was chopped off by the life force in my family you know my wife um i like being chopped off you know, by my wife uh, anyway uh, moving right along um now um so yes your essence you know how vital is that to you you know now i've already said already said i'm not lying my essence is not all that important to me i know that i'm just one of seven billion people living right now you know let alone the 150 billion trillion people who've lived ever you know um yeah i know that i'm just one and i'm not i'm not remarkable i'm unremarkable i know that I like myself, I'm interesting enough and all that sort of stuff, you know, but it's not a big deal to me, my essence, you know. Uh, 
if I disappear, it's not, you know, it's, uh, I don't know why, but it doesn't matter to me, you know, whether I go to heaven or end up in the Brahman, is that, am I saying that right, you know, um, you know, whether I am returning to Buddhahood, you know, it's not that big a deal, you know, whether I just disappear afterwards and all that sort of stuff, you know, and it's not that big a deal, you know, um, see, I know it as a matter of complete fact that, you know, uh, people will talk about me after I die for a bit, you know, my children will, you know, and some other people will, but it won't, it won't take long, you know, I, I think no one but my children soon enough will remember who I am, and then even, you know, once we, once you get to the great-grandfather level, um, and you die, you've been dead for about 50 years at least, uh, and then 100, um, you're just a name, you know, you haven't got a personality anymore, and they won't be able to find a podcast of me speaking or anything like that, because I'm doing this under a fake name, you see. So it's just interesting. But are you a life force? And you may well be, and I think that's great. Um, you know, are you like little Richard, you know? Or, you know, Hannibal, yeah? Or Julius Caesar, Alexander the Great, for goodness sake. You know, you're one of those. You like Napoleon, yeah? Um, all right, you like Mozart, you know? You're one of those, you know? And they're amazing, those people. Um, they do push the world forward, so I suppose they don't die, but, you know, anyway. Um, it's all, do you know what? It's, it feels almost impossible that they could die. I think, and that's why we end up with these ideas, you know, these ideas of heaven or returning to the Brahman and all that sort of stuff, you know, the life force of the universe and all that sort of stuff. You go back in the mix and then get reincarnated again because we just see these people and they've got such a life force. It just seems like impossible that they can just snuff out and never have been, uh, you know, and yet it's possible. And, um, and it's all wrapped up, I think, in all sorts of cultures as this idea of people having an essence um, the indigenous people have an interesting um, sort of zen way of thinking about this where they just rotate and roll back into the earth you know something like that or they're just part of the earth and you know uh, anyway that's a whole other story too you know these um, sophisticated philosophical ways of thinking about all of this are quite they're actually quite nice some of those um, but even in, digi in indigenous society, there must have been a hell of a lot of people that just had this, you know, because you always, I think we wrongly start to think that indigenous people are just these people living in harmony with nature and all that sort of stuff, but there must have been some, you know, Little Richard style um, life forces who were just the greatest storytellers and entertainers and comedians and, oh, for goodness sake, you know, there must have been some of those who were just off, you know, one out of a batch, you know, and, um, and indigenous people too must have thought, wow, when that person rolls back into the earth, you know, he's going to turn into Ayers Rock, you know, Uluru, and, um, and probably one of those uh, life forces that were, was an indigenous person way, way, way back in their mythology did turn into Uluru. Well, we know he didn't, but we like, you know, we, we allow mythology to um, happen, you know, we engage in mythology because we just can't 
sometimes we can't believe that someone could just die and be nothing. I'd rather he just turned into Uluru, that guy. He was such a good storyteller. <laughs> anyway, are you one of those life forces? And um, the life force, I think, is a combination of essence, which is what you're born with, and uh, the existence that you become, you know, what you make of yourself. You know, the, um, there's the you you were at birth, and then on top of that, and not separate from that, there's the you you turn yourself into by the time you die. And um, for some people, um, that, um, yeah, that becomes a very, very urgent and vital thing. Are you one of those urgent and vital people? You know, you know there are a lot of people who are, you know, and your identity, who you are, you know, how deeply you love and all that sort of stuff. Is that just, is that bigger than all of the universe? You know, who you are to yourself, is that a bigger thing than the entire universe? You know, um, it's not I'm not talking ego. It's not that. It's just that you might be bigger than the whole universe. And, um, and when you die, it's a funny... It's a funny sort of thing, you know. A whole, it's like a whole universe is just snuffed out. Um, and that's when we start developing religions and philosophies and reincarnation and heaven and all that sort of stuff. Is it not? Um, but this life force, you know, is a mystery. We don't know where, where it comes from and where it goes to. Well, you, you know, uh, some people do. Jesus knew where it came from <laughs> and, and where it went. <laughs> Yeah. Um, okay, so that's all. Now, I think I'll end this episode with a whimper, not a bang. Oops, I just ended it with a bang.